All right. Hello and welcome back to the Lorgoives. Yes, yes, Hello. Yes, yes. Hello. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm AE. And we're here today to bring you the first story of Rivals of Ixalan, where we, yes. I think, we're left with a literal cliff hanging situation. Yes. Almost. Actually, no, more like bottom of cliff situation, right? Right. Yeah. Cliff plunging situation. Yeah, we didn't, no hanging was involved. It was a straight dive. Yeah, it was a straight, just boom. Zero. Jace is just, blah. So although the story is mainly Jace and Vraska's, it should be, we start off, uh, this is the flood by the magic creative team. And uh, we start off with Kumena ascending Hadana's climb. And imagine yourself climbing one of those steps of this really incredible temple. And the steps are so steep, it almost feels like you're leaning back. But instead of falling backwards, you're about to fly upwards. This incredible sensation of his own power reverberating back at him. And then he hears his own voice. Kamena hears his own voice inviting him forward. And we get a sense that this is not just his voice, but it's his voice once he will have the power of the sun. So he's, his future self, his more powerful self, his potential is calling to him. And this power in a very real way is drawing him inward. I can almost taste it. This dream I'm dreaming. Does anyone know Miley Cyrus at all? No. It's no. a climb. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We could also do Wrecking Ball. But anyway, I just as, as soon as I saw... Like I read him doing this, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Someone is like thinking of this song in the background. This is amazing. Well, even if it was just you, certainly some pounding, dramatic, emotional mo- music would be appropriate here. That's, that's totally true. Soaring. So in the uh, uh, the this, I'm going to totally butcher the city's name, and I always have butchered it. Or Zaka? Te- te- no, no, no. It's Teotihuacan. Te- oh, but the the steps. I'm so so sorry for butchering the name, but the the steps at the various temples there are like really long. And so if you're going up the Temple of the Sun or the Temple of the Moon, it is a trek. So, But you get a real nice booty. That is a glute workout, if ever I've heard one. It certainly Praise is. Praise the gods. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kumina on his glute workout. So he feels like not only are his glutes getting fit, but uh, <laughs> he feels like he's shriveling into a sand frog as he's, doing, as he's going over here. But he finally gets there. He gets onto the dais of the immortal sun. And uh, and then he's immediately kicked off and by Vonin and Marvin Fane. So 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 yeah. The the thing I had written down um, in my notes was let me see. Um, While you're searching for that, yeah, we're so, gonna definitely talk. I, <laughs> oh oh, here it is. Uh, so then Vona and Marvin Fane show up and bounce Kumina out of Araska by throwing him out uh, throwing him out of a window, thus countering his presence and disrupting any ascend triggers that might have happened. Yes. Yes. The yes. higher you ascend further you fall oh also Vona and Maverick just showed up with more permanence like we, we really need to acknowledge that like there was a de- there was a palanquin I think right they just showed up with a lot of people I'm just saying I thought there were only two well that's still more than one yeah and we're talking about Vona here yeah the butcher of Magon don't play around that's true yeah but the scene is like he he goes up to this this spire and there's a like a vault cover and then there's just some stairs around the back. So he's like, okay, well, which is the easiest to get into this place where I've been led to by my future self, potentially? And so he goes up the stairs, and then he sees the what is very likely the immortal sun in etched in the floor, which is funny because you think of the immortal sun as something as being in the sky. But here it is, 
stuck in the floor. So he stands on top of it, and then he's <laughs> surrounded by all of this golden dust. It's like a very climactic moment. Like, oh my gosh, what is he going to do? It's very colors of the wind into? kind of a thing. Yes, yeah. or, or the golden compass. I was thinking the golden compass, just yeah. being surrounded by all this dust. And then in walks a vampire and walks Vona, and he's like, oh shit. Well, and, then, and then Vona, and then he's like, oh, I can take you on, no problem. And then he's joined by Maverick Fane, and then he's like, oh crap. And then they kick him off the immortal sun, and he's like, ugh. The first defenestration of Araska. Indeed so. <laughs> so do imagine that epic uh, emotional music, maybe my Maverick Cyrus, but whatever. It's playing, he's all, the gold dust is firing around him, and then the music just cuts out, his Vona just kicks him off. Right. And then you yep. hear like the, the so it's clear that his plan of taking the mortal side in order to defend it from these other uh, conquistadors did not pan out and I, I can't help but think that maybe there was a a break in the uh, tradition somehow it was misinterpreted and the power was not really in the mortal sun and the ravenous chupacabra. Mm. I think that may be mm. what he really should have gotten gone for. Mm. I mean, ETB destroy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Chupacabra. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so he, he gets thrown out the window, very anticlimactic fashion, and then we we're, are... let's let's switch to what's really important. And then we go to a plot, the a plot, yes. the b plot. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Vraska shares her fear that now Jace will hate her as we, she sees that he's plunged to the bottom as now he's regaining his memories. And, uh, she's thinking to herself, Gorgons are meant to be despised. No, Vraska. No. Gorgons can be whatever they want. And she's pretty sure that Jace is going to hate her, but she cares for his pain enough of it. And in spite of it, she goes to try to help him. Um, so we, in this story, we get to see the flood of recollection picture by Magali, illustration by Magali. And in that we see the Rin's mage rings, Mm -hmm. the mage rings bullies. And we probably see Amara, uh, which, who is not mentioned further. So maybe Jace doesn't remember her, although we're seeing it here. Uh, and, uh, on that card, I did have some flavor text. So what what am I here for? If not to read my own flavor text, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jace tumbled down the waterfall and plunged deep into his past. Bravo! Bravo! Snaps. I'm blushing. But not as much as Jace all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, when as Jace is having this flood of recollection, and Vraska is bearing witness to it, uh, Jace is clearly uncontrolled, uh, cannot control his own magic. And as these memories are flooding back... Uh, Vraska gets like a, a tinge in her head, like a very sharp headache that, that not head egg, headache, uh, that... What do you mean headache? <laughs> <laughs> that warns of the upcoming scene change. And the way that it looks of it, like Jace's uncontrolled magic has totally transformed the environment around him and transported both him and Vraska to various scenes of his previously forgotten or restricted past. Yep. So these might even be just, not just project, could be projecting her mind, maybe just illusions which are happening around him. We saw him create some pretty impressive illusions where he actually transformed the sky. So he's definitely capable of that. And again, it's, the idea is that he's re-experiencing these memories in such so powerful way that they're actually projected either some, somehow. 
Yeah, they're basically, uh, I mean, it's been described as him barfing up these memories. And, I mean, as with real vomit, it's like there are sensations that you share with people around you. Um, Whether they want them or not. (laughs) Whether they want them or not, you're included in that whole experience. And The smell, the rich smell of it. Oh, my goodness. The the sounds. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, Jace, no. (laughs) Jace. Angle, but angle his face. But she, Vraska cares about him enough to stay through it all with him. Yeah, that is true dedication. Yeah, that she is she holds him. She and, holds and up her, back his hair. It's just <laughs> she is doing it every doing it for him. He like cries into her neck, and she's like, "It's okay." And her well, tendrils comfort him. Well, that whoa 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 now. <laughs> I'm maybe reading a little bit going more a little overboard it. there. Uh, You're crossing a line into the fan fiction part. Um, was being really distracted by a cat. Uh, it's okay. So, cat. so in, in, in chronological order, let's go into detail about okay. these. So these memories. These so the flashbacks. first, the first one, well, the first one, which I care to remember is about, uh, Tezzeret and he has his mana oh. blade and, uh, it occurs to me that adding mana to that makes it sound a lot worse. This is the mana blade, which carves the scars into Jace, uh, and beat. Tezzeret did this just out of anger because Jace failed him. And I was wondering, these monoblades sound terrifying. Does adding mana in front of anything make it sound worse? I think it does. I mean, like, you have a blender, and then you have a mana blender. Maybe, maybe. But what about a, a mana toothbrush? I think a mana toothbrush should be expected to clean your teeth 500% more effectively than a regular toothbrush. A mana slug? See, some of these things don't sound as terrifying to me as mana blade. That's, that's what I'm saying. But this... Well, a mana blade is definitely... I mean, a blade is itself already terrifying, and then adding the power of mana to, to a blade is like pants is that, sweating. Is that actually a some sort of legendary artifact equipment in the history of magic? Do either of you know? Um, it's, I, I don't remember from my reading of Agents of Artifice. I think Tezzeret just had this blade and he just decided to carve into Jace like like a set out of pure malice and and fury and just teaching him a lesson and what's crazy is that he's expecting this 12 year old kid or however old Jace is to like, like 18 pr- protect or him from this old dragon so he might be physically even if he's physically 18 he's not emotionally 18 because he's had his childhood wiped out at this point so all these things that people are doing to Jace are just extra just extra, extra at this point. Hashtag extra, extra. Mean. But it's, yeah, he's, he's beating up a little kid, essentially. Um, and uh, while this is going on, Vraska kindly t- tries to talk him out of it. Yeah. Um, she says it, it's, it, well, it's not real. Or you're experiencing it. Uh, she says it better than that. But uh, she also thought, she didn't say this, that he was the wimpiest teenager she had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jace has never been one for physical activities or prowess like um yeah he's always kind of put his mind first because it's his mind that is his best weapon and so better better strengthen the things that you you know you're good at i think and it is important actually to emphasize his wimpiness because his uh the faults of course really make the character it's hard to relate to the most powerful planeswalker Mm -hmm. who never loses his cool never takes off his cape uh, talk shit and flavor text and beat you continuously in legacy. <laughs> How can I have any feelings for this terrible person? But like, okay, he's super wimpy. You're talking about Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I guess it's true. There's multiple Jaces which could be up in vintage uh, too. But uh, it's certainly Jace the Mind Sculptor who just wrecks house. Um, mm-hmm. 
Vrin's prodigy has been pretty do um, domineering at times, but it, it's it's if a character appears to have no faults, it's all of a sudden we can forgive anything but perfection. Like that that is goes too yes, far. Yes, it goes too and far. And so highlighting Jace's not only what's happened to him, which has been terrible, mm -hmm. but also highlighting his downsides that he is really wimpy. Yeah, uh, no, he, and he's, he's, he's a vulnerable. Yeah, no, he's a vulnerable, naive young man. Like that has generally been part of Jace's character for a very long time, uh, much to the chagrin of many, I mean, uh, many of his, I guess, many of the people who follow him. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to hear more about the the other, because we went through quite a few memories mm -hmm. in this in Okay, this story. So, the yeah. Gruel. so yeah, let's go to the Gruel one, where the Gruel Shaman says, take a swig, it will hurt like a Rakdos comedy. And this is, she, he's preparing to get his first tattoo because he's super butch. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... He also wants to remember, right? This is how he remembers. Does he? So he he remembers a symbol. I think that's like all he remembers. And yeah. this is actually a really, this is an important part because he's remembering the symbol of Alhammeret. Um, mm -hmm. And this is the, the kind of circular collar that you, oh, how, does it, how to describe it? But it's like it's a It's like a ring with an open bottom. It's an open circle. elongated, yeah. yeah two mm -hmm. elongated prongs. Which we've mm -hmm. associated with Jace and it's something that he remembers from his past. He probably doesn't remember what it's from. Uh, but it's something that he's clinging to, and so he's getting tattooed on himself. Um, and so let's see. It's we, don't, we don't know at this point that it's Al Hammer's collar yet. Yeah, we don't know. We just know like he, it's important to him, and he wants to remember. He wants to, to put it on his body in a very indelible way. Um, very, very memento, if anyone has seen that movie. Yep, yep. Yeah. Let's not race past this moment, though. I, I wanted to ask you... Um, she says, take a swig, we'll hear like a Rakdos comedy. What, uh, what sort of Rakdos comedies would you like to see? Oh, God. Um, probably just anything involving an umbrella, a tightrope, and a bunch of steel spikes. Okay, I was thinking, <laughs> if we're going Shakespearean, Shakespearean, a comedy of terrors might be good. Um, so they're definitely not so much slapstick as beat stick. So maybe The Hangover, but it's where people are being hanged over and over. Um, <laughs> blazing, wow. bla blazing saddles where the saddles really are blazing and you can't get out because you're strapped oh, in. God, blazing saddles. The jerk, I think, would be fine. Uh, cruel and crueler would be another one. And Cirque de Flay, I think, would be Cirque de Flay. Oh my goodness. Oh. And Wedding Crashers, where you're really crashing the wedding, okay? With Wrecking Ball. In this right. Thing. I okay. came in like a wrecking There's ball. There's Miley again. There's Miley. I was just thinking the Hunger Games. That's the only thing that came to mind. Uh, you know, that's a good one too. That's hilarious. Yes, I know. Except everyone's really hungry. Yeah, just they, really But hungry. that's the funniest part. If yeah, you're they're just so hungry. All those kids killing each other. Starring while their the, parents watch. Starring the, the village cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so okay. <laughs> we, moved to, we moved to the main course of this of this uh, story. Which well, is... well, before we go there, okay. like Raska has a moment while she's seeing the the illusion of Jace with the shaman. Mm -hmm. uh, she is thinking of how it would have been different if they knew each other while they were younger. They would have gone through Ravnica and no bookstore would be safe. Which is wow, they really, really say cute. that? Yeah, yeah, they do, and it's yeah. the most adorable thing in the world. All right, because, that is pretty adorable. Because oh my gosh, I mean, Vraska loves reading. Chase loves reading. There is lots of reading. They would raid all of the books. The moral of the story is don't take the book from the Gorgon. I think that's just <laughs> solid advice. Look, look what's happened. You, the Zoris took uh, her book, threw her in prison, and now she's out to kill everyone. So. It's just it's it's silly 
because she starts off the, the, the thought to herself with, we'd have torn up the town, she thought with mirth. No bookshop would have been safe. <laughs> I forgot so, that part. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that, I love that bit. I just, I, oh, God. They would have been such... It would have been such a good team. Yeah, well, me, when I was a teenager, tearing up the town meant something completely different. Well, not everyone's as cool as Vraska. I, I <laughs> did not include Jace in that. Yeah, but. not everyone is as cool as Vraska. <clears throat> no. Now we get to the, the, the terrifying, cold, the terrifyingly cold woman. And Violet. And Violet. I think you meant the strong, resolute, and goal-oriented woman. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, there can be multiple... I mean, Braska's also strong, resolute, and goal-oriented. Yeah, and I think we're going to have this discussion further on, but I love how... And it's not hard to... Well, in Eldritch Moon, Liliana's the hero. But in this one, she's she's well-portrayed as the villain, and people got very angry at how she treated Jace, and that's a sign that the story is working and it's effective. Mm-hmm. And more broadly speaking... That's something I really love about the Planeswalkers and the way they participate not only in the story but in, uh, in the gameplay. If you've played against Jace all, all the time in Legacy of Lucent continuously, you're going to be angry at Jace and not inclined to root for him. Yeah. Whereas you might identify more with Nyssa or with Chandra or another of the Planeswalkers and just hate that meddlesome Jace who keeps on make, milling you out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so likewise, uh, here we're invited to hate... Uh, dislike Lily, Liliana. She could be the villain for a while. And so depending on your perspective and in the story view vantage, we can have multiple... These characters can be either villains or heroes, and that's very so, powerful. So just to just to back up a little bit, so in this situation... So in this memory, um, Jace and Liliana are basically in front of... in her sanctum and playing some chess uh, right after Emmer Cole has decided to peace out into the moon because it, it occurs she's to had me, enough of these haters. It occurs to me that's why Jay says that he doesn't want to play more chess. Yeah. Um, yeah, because um, because she just was playing chess with his mind. Emrakul was, at yeah. least. Um, so, in in this conversation with Liliana, though, it, it's really clear that Jace reaches out to her so in he, conversation to, to, like, affirm, to basically just say, like, he says, do, will, you, do I mean anything to you? Will you, be, will you be sad when I die? But yeah, it's like, oh. well, you'd be sad if I died. And then she's like... You can eh. say her line if you want. Uh, what we had, it's worth that much at least. So she would be sad, but in the way that you would mourn like a puppy. I don't know. That isn't specifically what they were referencing. Personally, though. if I had a puppy and it passed away, I would be devastated. Um, so that's just me. But I'm not Liliana. Um, what I do like about this interaction, though, is that we um, we really do get to see Liliana through other people's eyes. I think for a while we have been looking at Liliana, like looking at Liliana's inner monologue mm-hmm. and identifying really hard with her ambition, with her sense of self-preservation, with how clearly she defines her goals and how relentlessly she pursues them. Her general badassery. Yeah, yeah how she's just a badass. Um, but from the outside, we see that she's actually a pretty cold terrible person who just just doesn't trust people and wants people to trust her so she can manipulate them but that's just in that's just in this instance like we we don't like they they had just gotten done with a battle and specifically against Emrakul specifically against Emrakul Mm -hmm. and 
they're they're now back and Jace is trying to be sentimental in the most hyperbolic kind of fashion. Like, how would you feel when I die? Like, that's not that's not something you ask somebody. <laughs> like, that is a desperate. What what's the what's the wording? It's He's a desperate a, a des- plea for, for like, affection. And yeah. he did just almost die. So this is like in his thoughts right now. Yeah. They're like, we, we all just almost died. We almost died, Lily. Do you see that? Do you see that? She's just like, dude. I I see people die every day. So fact, this one, this one died yesterday. Here, Philip, come over here. He's fresh. I would like. <laughs> <laughs> Rigor Morris hasn't fully set in yet. He so, still has some color in his cheeks. The community have, has uh, discussed this uh, broadly. So Allison Lurs said that Liliana believes she can only survive if she constantly projects cold disdain. So we don't get to see what she's truly feeling. So what do you think Liliana might actually be feeling? I think she does. She is fond of Jace. As we know, she always calls him cloak boy. And, like, I think that despite herself and her best efforts, she does feel affection for him. But it's never going to work because she's way too afraid to ever connect with anyone. She's learned that connecting with people makes her vulnerable and makes her um makes her feel pain because she's lost so many people she's an old walker can you imagine how many people she's seen die especially her brother it's hard to get it yeah (laughs) yeah i'm gonna quote andrew homerid or as he's known on twitter underscored sev8 he pointed out that liliana's childhood taught her that if you care for someone and try to help them they'll die and curse you as their soul spirals to the abyss so that's kind of what she's learned yeah um and uh, so she is dealing with this in her own way. Um, the last time we saw Liliana was when the Gatewatch was facing Bolus, and Bolus had offered her a deal that he would show her how to handle the power of the chain veil. If uh, I don't, I don't remember what Liliana's part. I think Liliana's part was if she left was that the basically just like leave yeah just like leave and we'll rendezvous and i'll show you how to do this so just leave and she's like okay fine yeah but as she was like planes walking out she felt like chandra i think chandra and nissa were begging her to stay and she seemed to have actually legitimately felt torn between the deal that bolus was going to offer and a most certainly violent death so I have a question. Do you would you like to see Liliana become more emotionally attached, more affectionate towards Gatewatch? I think that she she should because she needs to feel some character growth, but I think she needs to hit rock bottom. Okay. I don't think she's hit rock bottom. I I I don't know. I, that's a really good question yeah. because it doesn't seem like Liliana was ever in it for friendship and justice. No, and certainly she, not. She, she was in it for hey people for the big yeah. L for Liliana. <laughs> yeah, for for Rosicath, You know. So that's... I I think what I've seen so far in the story is that it, it's appears to be building sympathy for Liliana by making it appear like she's beginning to have feelings for Jay's for Gatewatch. Uh, in my opinion, I think I would like her even more as a character if instead it's her inability to have these feelings which we begin to feel for. Like she, she feels like this loss that she, and she feels sorrow not, because she cannot feel like this anymore. And that, to me, that's like the most poignant uh, representation of her character. Like it's her inability 
to have these options anymore, which is what's sorrowful and what's. As she was planeswalking away, I seem to remember she her. Cried. Yeah, she, she cried. One one little skull, black man a tear. <laughs> one little yeah. skull tear dropping dropping from her eye. So I'd like to think that it it was because she was she was very upset that she was leaving her friends mm-hmm. to at, at, to battle with Bolas or leaving her resources. What? And uh, in some, in some uh, respect, tricking herself in order to kind of trick them. Because you have to be pretty smart to trick Jace. And that's, what I think is actually remarkable is that she's she's honest with Jace, at least at some level. Like, she could have just said, oh yeah, Jace, I, I love you so much. But she doesn't say that. Uh, and I, I wonder, if, like, it seems to me that she could be giving something, Jace, something very precious, like the honest an honest answer. Or it could be that the way she's being entertained right now is seeing how little she can give Jace. So I'm not sure which that is, and that is the tension is, is is interesting to me. I I don't know if if that's the case here. I don't think she's necessarily intending to toy with Jace and his affections. I think she knows that she needs to keep Jace on her side, and she's not willing to give more of herself than she needs to in order to make that happen. Because if she did so she would definitely become more attached and that is just not something that she can risk as a person right now like she she cannot put herself into a position of vulnerability now keep keep in mind that this we're seeing this scene through Vraska's eyes that's the other thing it's i true. want to talk about like what one thing that's very striking is that Vraska looks at this person and sees someone without any kind of connection, need for connection, any kind of need for um, affection, who is willfully blind to the needs of the people coming to her. Yeah, I'm going to quote the story. Vraska couldn't take her eyes off the other woman. For someone who hated chess, she sure looked at Jace with the icy scrutiny of a grandmaster. And then there are several different moves or several different discussion points that Vraska references with chess moves, pawn to e4, mm-hmm. knight to f3, as an opening of a, a larger in uh, a word, game. In a word, Lilian doesn't have any green in her. She's not tending to those um, needs that Jace is exhibiting. She doesn't see Jace as a clan. She doesn't have that clan instincts that, the, that green mages might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, black, black and green together share a sense of deep possessiveness um, that basically extends to their own people. So one of the things that Liliana does say is a toast to Emrakul for doing our job for us, referring to probably that Emrakul and, and herself. she withdrew voluntarily but really chose to go to the moon herself, which is just ultimately creepy and definitely not something you should be joking about, but maybe Liliana's just super twisted like that. Or maybe she's frightened herself and she feels like she needs to be flippant and cold to kind of cover this up. Gotcha. So um, with that, should we maybe move on? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, I, there's one last parting thought is Vraska feels guilty to have seen this very private this memory. This very intimate memory, yeah. So it's just a testament to Frasca's emotional awareness. Like, should I look away? Should I keep watching? Mm-hmm. And I think the last um, the last two memories are, are one. The first one is that Jace takes Frasca to his home plane and Vren, and shows her memories of, of his mother. Um, just so many memories of like connecting like them two together. 
Um, and finally, just the memory of al um, the the way that he was being, be, being betrayed, that final battle. Um, and also just showing Vraska herself through his eyes. You know, first seeing her as a brave, awesome pirate lady, and then also as a really scary assassin who threatened you know, the, his guild-packed ship and, and made, wanted him to be her ally at sword point. So it's not super great. So we will resume with the other visions uh, after a short break. Please stay with us and thank you for sticking around. Thanks. And we're back. We're for back. part two of the flood. Of emotions. So I've got a question for both of you. Do you pity the Sphinx? I pity the Sphinx. Actually, not, no, I don't. I don't pity I'm the Sphinx. Not yet. We're not given reason <laughs> to pity the Sphinx. It could be that he has to manipulate Jace because his world is teetering on collapse. I didn't, or it could be that he's. Just, is there any hint of that? Michelle story? Is I don't think her so. Head, no. I'm shaking my head and like crunching my nose and just like yeah. no. So no. there, there could be reasons to pity him, but we're not given them, so we do not pity him. And frankly, I'm a little surprised that Veraska shows any emotion at his horrific death because. Uh, She's flayed people. Like she's she's done some pretty uh, gruesome things. It's possible that she hasn't built up that justification. For, well, but she she saw that this guy tortured Jace and basically tor- tortured him mentally. Well, there's difference between turning someone into stone, thereby rendering their death instantaneous, and also blowing away their mind and making them forget how to breathe. Like that is. Pretty is there brutal. I, I, she, I think so. She has flayed people. She she so. Vraska's all about the deserved death, and she uh, gives people often some very creative deaths. It isn't all turning people to stone, and depending on how they live their lives. So uh, she's carved words onto someone who is big on law and big on words. So uh, I'm a little surprised that she quails at the sight of the Sphinx dying. Um, and I think anybody of sound mind would quail. Like I was quailing as I was reading about Al Hamrit and and the uh, the like totally shattering of his of his sanity. Yeah, no, and the whole forgetting how to breathe part is also kind of like oh my god. But I was also just like afraid for for Jace. All of these memories that we've seen so far. Jace has basically been a victim, a survivor, a person who has um, basically been on the sh- given the short end of the yeah. stick for a really, really long time. Vraska thinks, was there anyone in Jace's life who hadn't tried to take advantage of him or his talents? His mom. I think his mom has not done that. Yeah, and his for mom the first time like a nice lady. in a long time, he actually can remember his mom. And yeah. that's a big difference. So, oh yeah. I, I love that one scene where uh, that one sentence where um, apparently his mother expresses surprise because she never taught Jace oh, the yeah. toddler how to tie his own shoelaces, but he starts tying his own shoelaces. Cause, yeah, so Vance liked that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's kind of amazing, um, but since then, like since he was turned over to Alhamra, he's basically become. It's someone's tool, someone's plaything, someone's um, beating, like, like I don't know, what's the call, what's the term called? His, the punching bag, essentially, of the multiverse. Tool is good. Tool um, is good, yeah. Everyone, because he's, cause he's lost his memories, he's had those stripped away, and uh, one touching moment I, I did detail is that he preferred to think of his parents as evil, and that's why he forgot them. 
like he had done it intentionally to kind of suppress that idea. So kind of innate, showed, giving himself power and efficacy and trying to justify the fact that he no longer knows him. But he, of course, we know that, in fact, now we know distinctly that they were kind to him, and that's even more difficult. That he, he was without them for so many years. And that is not something you want to wish on any kid. Yeah, no. Um, and it's also just amazing to see the mage rings again. It's, it's great to see all of this through Vasca's perspective. Um, the way she sees, the way that she perceives the beauty in the world of Vren, um, the the stark like landscape with the mage rings, I, I thought that was really beautiful, um, and also just again seeing herself through Jace's eyes. And to be fair, her first thought was to use Jace too, and but oh, yeah. she came to care for Jace. She has a lot of com- in common with him, and uh, and now we're at the point where. She actually, uh, she, she cradles him, and it, it, quote, this is the first time she had touched another person willingly in years. And that is quite monumental for these characters, and we're seeing some uh, real closeness and real development of them in a way which I did not expect. The power, the power level which uh, we have, I don't think we've seen before in the magic story, mm-hmm. of connection between characters. And empathy. I think that's what's so incredible about this story. Um, just the level of deep understanding and the sharing of experiences that can only be done like via a telepath, essentially. Like Vraska is living these memories. She now has a better connection to and with Jace than anyone has ever had, including Liliana. So that that's pretty amazing. And... Yeah, we have come a, a long way from a, you don't touch the captain, no one touches the captain. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, still a perfectly valid response. But now, no, she is touching him now, uh, and willingly, and uh, and now we were afraid that they would break apart at this moment, because when, and she was afraid of that. Yeah. yeah. Now he remembers that, uh, and he's, he says, you're an assassin. And then, of course, she has the epic line, and a friend. Yeah, you can be both friend and assassin. These are not exclusive things, mutually exclusive things. A so friend assassin. A friend, assassin friend. Assassin friend. A little backstory here. In a previous story set in Ravnica, uh, Raska had killed like a dozen people just to attract Jace's attention. In that story, she's the villain, kind of like what we're seeing Liliana right now. She's the antagonist of that story, which who uh, Jace outsmarts. And there's nothing nice about her in appearance there. But in this story, we're kind of that's kind of softened. She says, well, the people I kill... All deserved it. As I said, she's big about distributing deserved deaths, which yeah. led me to question if she'd actually accepted commissions as an assassin. But uh, but uh, I'm sure she did. I mean, girls gotta eat. Yeah, they, you know, Gorgon's gotta eat. Gorgon's gotta find nice, sensible running shoes. Um, <laughs> her battle flats. Her battle flats. Yeah. I I think that she's definitely the kind of person who wouldn't take on a commission, just any commission. I think she would take a contract only if she felt sincerely that the person deserved that kind of treatment. I think that's what we have to believe now. I, I don't, I'm not sure I got that earlier, but the story is, it, it's turning me around on Jace, but also Vraska as well. If mm-hmm. we go back to the talented Captain Vraska in Ixalan, where she's interacting with Bolas for the first time, she told Bolas that she's not accepting any new clients. Mm-hmm. And there was mention of her being hired by Bolas. And the stake of the game is giving Vraska whatever she needs to, to rule the Golgari, perhaps even rule uh, over Ravnica. 
that's what that's what she ultimately desires. That's what she really wants. Well, she so, wants to do right by her people. Yes. Yeah. So I'm led to believe that uh, she is hired and her commissions uh, or, or what she's paid in for her contracts vary. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, if you remember, Kaya goes to Sassin. She was certainly someone who had her own moral compass and has some similarity with uh, Vraska. Maybe not so much as like that clannish aspect that we see with the Golgari, but certainly there's like a moral code there. Vraska it doesn't seem like the kind of person who would just kill someone willy-nilly. It has to be, like, deserved. And again, this is from her perspective. Like, if yeah. you were to take another perspective, Vraska could still very well portray this evil, murderous assassin yeah. who will invent any reason to kill someone. And, in the but same, that, that's, you know, that's good. That's yeah. good character development. And in the same way, you know, we always, like, thought Liliana is just a badass woman getting her getting things did and getting things done um but she's also kind of a cold heartless manipulative person <laughs> effective is how i put it but uh, go <laughs> <Yes>. on uh, <laughs> so efficient so uh uh it's also clear that as jason's memory's coming back he doesn't necessarily remember nicole bolas and probably not the reason he was he lost so nicole bolas hit him there hardest it seems yeah. um but yeah he doesn't he still doesn't remember Alan Kett. He doesn't remember the final battle with with our uh, Lord and Savior Bolas, mm-hmm. um, and it still remains to be seen what's going to happen when he finds out that Vraska is in Lord Nicobolus's employ. It would be adorable if she tells him. I think uh, I didn't wouldn't expect her to do that before, but she might actually do that. They're very close at this point. So. Yeah. No. I mean. Plus, this is... if I were if I were her, you might want to preempt that. You know what I'm saying? You have some. You have something in your past. You might want to get it off your shoulders at this point. Mm-hmm. There was this elder dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long He's time got ago. Big talons. He can't clap. It... <laughs> but he likes sailing. Though he can't actually have a boat. <laughs> he destroyed a plane and destroyed your mind, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this seems to be, unbeknownst to Jace and Vraska, why Jace is there. It's, it's, it's mentioned in the story that Jace still doesn't even know why, what brought him there or the last series of events. If I remember correctly, the, the most recent memory he has is of Seagate. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. Which was when he saw the 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 disease on the stones and the I, I parts think, of the gate breaking off. I think the most recent one is actually Innistrad. No, Seagate's after it. Seagate's after Innistrad? You're wrong. No, wrong, you're wrong. yeah, yeah. Carmen. Battle, battle for Zendikar. Innistrad to, is after Seagate. Yeah, to Elder's yeah, yeah, so that, his most recent memory is that of Liliana. But what I love about the end of this really, really hard-hitting story was that it again brings up the... Um, ideas of self-determinate uh, self-determinism of deciding you know who now that Jace has all of this mem- all his memories not all of his memories but a good chunk of them back how does this change who he is as a person so yeah I have a few quotes which I felt were meaning especially couldn't skip over them so Vraska thinks he had been tortured Jace had been ignored manipulated and despite all of this he was nevertheless intact he had survived he was remarkable mm-hmm and she says, let's see. She says to him, despite it all, you did what you had to do and survived. That is a miracle worth celebrating. And, and 
But Jay still remembers the last three months. And they were the best months of his life, he says. And Vraska says, that Jace is one of the best people I've ever met. And it was just like, ah, all the okay. feels. All this the is feels. where her tendrils embraced him. Surely. But, but the thing is, like, Vraska, it, Vraska points out the fact that this Jace listened to her and empathized with her in a way that no one else had dared to before. He was someone who saw past the Gorgon exterior and celebrated the entirety of her for who she was, who she is. And and he wants to be that person. He wants to be the kind of person who can bring that kind of um, comfort to other people. And that's what's really great about this whole story. We were all like, no, he's going to get his, yeah. his his memories back. He's going to be like, ah, you're the Gorgon who tried to kill me. Like, yeah, snake lady. Turns out he's the type of man who will look a Gorgon in the eyes and pour her tea. Yep. My favorite line in the story is, I'm sorry I tried to kill you on Ravnica. Raskets <laughs> tells Jace after Jace remembers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She might have wanted to preempt that one, too. <laughs> there yeah. was this time. Now you know, kids. <laughs> I kind of tried to kill you. I just love how she saw herself through Jace's perspective in that, and she saw how vicious she was and actually saw her part in the the conflict that, that existed between Jace and Vraska. And then we're reminded of that when Vraska first sees Jace uh, at the beginning of Ixalan, the last story, how mm-hmm. she immediately is thinking of all the ways that she could she could dispose of Jace. She could throw him off, throw him overboard. She could she could turn him into stone. She there's this, like a little checklist. What does he most deserve? That's the real question. What does he most deserve? Uh-huh. Probably, <laughs> I think maybe having his brain turned to stone with maybe less left in the tag. No. Something like that. I think she she has a lot of depth in her the way she can kill people. She's very creative yeah. in she that respect. Creative. Maybe have seagulls eat out his mm. brain. But anyways, uh, we, we digress. <laughs> what? So uh, I don't underestimate Vraska's talent. Are there seagulls on Ixalan? Well, at least one of the little dinosaur... Maybe at least a parrot griffin. You're right, you're right. So Vraska goes on and says... Uh, again, she's kind of talking about out of this and says, and uh, no one ever chooses to be a victim. You are not weak because you were taken advantage of, and the cruelty of what they made you do reflects on them, not you. That is, I think, the most wonderful sentence that has ever been written in the entirety of Magic Story. Um, I think that... I, I am really proud of the Magic Creative team for delving into issues and perspectives that are not really talked about. Um, really, and especially, is it's unexpected given the setting. Like, this is supposed to be a set all about like, oh, dinosaurs versus pirates. Like, ah, no, we're gonna use this as a platform or as a conduit to really get into the deep, dark places that are within us all. You know, we have all been um, subjected to bullying we've all been hurt people have done wrong by us and it's really important I think to remember that these things we can choose to have these things not define us Um, we can choose to walk away we can choose to become different people and I think that's what's really amazing about the story the fact that 
even with more information presented, Jace continues to choose to be a healthier person of himself, a version of himself, rather than return to what he was before. And, and that's amazing. Um, also, what's amazing is the fact that he admits that he's super out of shape. And that he yes. uses his illusions to make himself look way more buff yes. than he is. That's and hilarious. Just, I was just like, first yes. of all, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, I, we were all thinking it. Jace admits it. He's a he's a strong man to admit it. Yeah, he's a strong man to admit. If to not physically or really in any way, <laughs> around any visual way, but he, he's a strong man inside to admit that he needs illusions to make himself a strong man. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't everybody. Yeah, wouldn't everyone. That's wouldn't everyone. I mean, come on, I would totally do that. You know, six packs are a lot of work. Who has time? I know. You I could just like, like oh. imagine it, and then it happens, and it's yeah. like, oh hey, a twelve pack, <laughs> right? Eighteen pack. Yeah, it can for happen sure. How if does you that... can imagine it. <laughs> Where does it fit? Where does it go? It doesn't matter if you can was... think it. It could fit itself. And... I was just, I was just imagining. Like I wake up and I'm like breaking. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just, I'll just use this instead of concealer. Like that's sort of where I was thinking. Oh my thinking. gosh, that would make makeup like, like kind of makeup in fr- a fraction Look, of the time. What is illusion if not just a magical makeup? We don't fault people for makeup. We don't fault people for these illusions. It's just he's expressing the, his true inner self. That's right. Uh, but no, I think this is beautiful, uh, not only because Jace is more beautiful because of his illusions, but also because we're really seeing him as a, a rounder character now. I, what makes a character is their hardships and their weaknesses, not their strengths. Well, that too. But uh, just we were seeing him as a rounded, multidimensional character, and this is, this is great. It, now... To be honest, even when people said they didn't like Jace's character, I liked him because I saw him as this character who is compensating for his not knowing his childhood, for being lost, emotionally lost. Uh, he doesn't have the background other people had. So he was. I always saw him as kind of overcompensating for this, and that's why he was a jerk in the flavor text, whereas that's kind of been... The team is now taking a new direction for him. Mm-hmm. Now he's a survivor. Now he's uh, not being... A dick kind of in the in compensation for his shortcomings so whereas I think he always worked it as a character in my mind we're now seeing a new aspect of him one that does work because beforehand it wasn't kind of emphasized that he's doing this in compensation for something like that so he well, was yeah. just, the yeah. last lines of the story was I, I used to be a coward and then he let not anymore sort of hang in the air between him and Vraska and to be honest if he's still a coward I wouldn't fault him there's a lot of scary things, and I think that's perfectly fair to be a coward. But fear he, is a good thing. He admits it. Yeah. Um, and again, as if he has lapses into cowardice, <laughs> I wouldn't blame him, especially what he's about to face. Uh, but do you do you two think that as we go through Rivals of Ixalan, we're going to have more story parts where Jace is all of a sudden flooded with another memory? I think so. I mean, that was a really big blow to the head, and I would not I would not be surprised if more memories do come back but I think as long as Jace realizes that he continues to understand that he has a choice in who he wants to be despite what's happened to him that he'll continue to make healthy decisions about um, who who what defines him as a person and that's what's really amazing so um, yeah I'm not sure that magic has had a relationship which is ended in a positive way but well, let's, let's positive relationships don't don't end up making good stories. That's, that's why we have you know as the world turns. So let's let's <laughs> let's think happy thoughts, and maybe it will happen this time. But in the meantime, let's let's talk about what's important. What would their couple name be? 
Would it be Draska or Vrace? Vrace. Brace. I like Brace. brace. I like okay. Brace. I like Brace. It's a strong one. Brace is good. And um, we did see that initial uh, induce amnesia. And we okay, were, so we, were sad. we have to we have to preface this with spoil. Like this is we're talking about a spoiled card. So if you don't want to hear about spoilers, now's a good time to. I don't know. It's Skip on the card. How did yeah, they, how did yeah. they miss this card? We're just well. I, it's I, super controversial. But it, well, it, it, I, I just think okay. But after okay, go on. Oh, wait, I just think that it's not. I know that everyone's really upset about that about this card, but we also need to remember that the the story has been amazing so far, mm-hmm. and I do not believe there's any reason to panic until we get full context. I think it would be fair to panic before the story, but I think after the story, I think it's it's uh, unreasonable to think that, or it's. It's, it's hard to, I now believe that even that this could be worked out. Like whereas I didn't necessarily. Yeah. Like I. Exactly. We were seeing a difficult moment, in race relationship, but I think based on the strength that we've seen on their connection in this story, I now believe that it can be worked out. That there is a way forward. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna not beat around the bush. I I pulled up the card on the Googles. Induced Amnesia is a two blue enchantment. When Induced Amnesia enters the battlefield, target player exiles all cards from his or her hand face down, then draws that many cards. When Induced Amnesia is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return the exiled cards to their owner's hand. So that part of it is not controversial. What's controversial about it is we have Vraska closest to us, her eyes have gone blue, and you can see like this blue mist, this blue haze of memories that are apparently being lifted out of her mind. And then a very reluctant, if not nauseous, Jace in the background with his hand stretched, like it looks like he's pulling these memories out of Vraska's mind. Mm-hmm. So the, the card for me is controversial because. We've been led. We've been led so far in this happy, wonderful story between Jace and Vraska, and then now we see a possible end where Jace is doing the thing, the very same thing that we don't want him to do. He did like, this to Amara. Yeah, he did this to Amara <laughs> twice, like once at her request and once when he thought it was the right thing to do, and neither one was very satisfying. However, they Jace certainly didn't have the connection to Amara that he has with Vraska. That's, that's yeah, true. That's true. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, I, I and, yeah. And here we even see that if you dispel this enchantment, the memories come back. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So, so there is totally a chance that Vraska can regain her memories, and I personally do not believe that this is the end of race. But like I said before, I think it's worth waiting and watching to see what happens. Um, so, all of y'all out there who are panicking about this, I, I say just hang on. There's no reason. Like, do not panic. Here's a towel. It will be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget your towel. Don't forget your towel. So, so my my initial response to seeing this card was shock. Like, I'm sure many other people who are paying close attention to the story. But then I started to wonder, maybe Jace is very troubled about what to do. Uh, because I'm, I'm so this is what I'm assuming I'm assuming that they both find out that Jace got into this big epic battle with Bolas and learned of Bolas's plans to conquer the multiverse with Lazatep played at dead things 
And, <laughs> and, and, and a bridge. And, and, and yes. And then Vraska is now under Bolas's employee to get the immortal son. So that suddenly becomes known between the both of them. And then Jace is feeling really upset because he doesn't know what what can be done. And then Vraska is like, I have an idea. Why don't you just wipe away my memory? Well, I don't think induced amnesia would make that sound. But <laughs> but uh, I think like it, a... right. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's... Um, but that's, I mean, that's how I can see like some some development and some drama and some depth added to the uh, to this conflict where Vraska is like, hey, you know, you could you could just wipe all of my memories of. It, yeah, I think it could also be maybe a defense thing because Vraska has been shown to, basically, she's willing to do lots of things for her people, and so knowing that. I think she knows that if Bolas had knowledge of Jace's whereabouts and where he was, I mean, he was under Bolas's employee before, and he's in a really vulnerable position now. It could be that she's willingly giving up her memories so that she can honestly tell Bolas that she hasn't seen Jace, thereby protecting him, and thereby making sure that Bolas doesn't come in with a vengeance to it uh, to um, Ixalan and just wipe the telepath off the face of this plane. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's that aspect, but we don't know, and it'll be okay. If everything everything is gonna be fine, it'll be uh, fine. It might not be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. If, unless your name is Al Hammerit, then everything is gonna uh, be great. Maybe you deserve to die. Uh, I think you deserve to die. He's, mm. he's a butt. And that was a fine way for him to die. Big cat butt. I just enjoyed the. There are so many different elements to this story that the creative team and the story team just was really awesome in putting together how they could further extend the relationship between Jace and Vraska and also have this very dark, very twisted uh, element and layer with not only Tezzeret but with Alhameret too. Um, the story has come such a far way in in depth and and in drama and also in uh, 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 feeling I, I think feeling is the yeah maybe the best word I, for I it. think so I mean uh, they, these are people they're not just character these are like real people <laughs> like these are individuals who have facets and personalities and a history um, that really makes us ache for them and I think that the level of connection that so many people including myself feel at this point for these characters is is very potent uh, to the point where I, I actually really love Jace now mm-hmm. like I never thought I would say that um, but now I understand why he was such a butt for so long you know I, I anyone in that position would be entitled to be a butt one last one last parting thought before we sign off. Do you think that the the fact that the readers no longer know who exactly wrote the story, do you think that's that sort of made the story better or if it's had it has no impact on the story at all? So, I don't think it's really had much impact, uh, mostly because one we kind of know who's already on the team. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Allison and uh, said <laughs> and that she she and Kelly yeah. wrote the fireplace scene. Uh, so we can we can imagine. I, this may be less true, but they they said that they did that because certain members of the creative team, probably Allison, was receiving a lot of abuse 
and they did probably the right thing because now uh, as I said before it's always been a team effort like mm-hmm. and sometimes it's easy to overestimate the role one person writing team plays when it's uh, they're thinking of these plots together they're writing it they're editing it together so it's always kind of fair that they're writing to it mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it's really made much of a difference at all in terms of the actual product I think that the product has been absolutely the story has been great um, I think this is one of the strongest arc, arcs that we've ever had, quite frankly. Um, I think even stronger than, than Amonkhet. The Amonkhet was heartbreaking. Oh, dog mom. <laughs> One-armed doggo mom. <laughs> she is a good doggo. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's really made too much of a difference. I don't know if it's really improved it, but it certainly hasn't done any harm. I think the writing in Ixalan and now with Rivals of Ixalan is just, it's just gone so much farther into character and development and blanket praise to the entire R&D and creative team for creating such a wonderful moving story and it's also like I wish I just wish I just knew you know like Allison said that she and Kelly wrote the fireplace scene and that's great that's great that's one of my favorite scenes of the story but I enjoyed reading the story and then seeing how each of the authors wrote the story because each of the story has a its particular own, love, a flavor right but yeah. now it seems like all it, it really and it really shows the the collaborative nature behind the story has made the story so juicier it's stronger uh, yeah it's meaty so to be absolutely clear what, what I said earlier I one of the reasons they removed the byline is because of abuse. That right, yeah, yeah. Wrongly yeah. so. And yeah. that discussion's going on in the gaming community now that players feel entitled to absolutely abuse the developers, the teams, if there's not everything is absolutely to their liking. So that is a problem in the gaming industry right now. Yes. Uh, and I don't fall off moving the byline because of that. So with that, though, um, we just want to give our thanks to... Watsi, the creative team, you really hit it out of the park here. It was amazing. Um, we're looking, we're so looking forward to seeing what happens next. I'm looking forward to seeing Alenda with her crazy, amazing hair. Um, and the Desert Rose. The Desert. The le- yeah, yeah. Le- 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 <laughs> the Dusk Rose. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and Vona has a Dusk Rose emblem on her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we are we are looking forward to all kinds of juicy tender, blood-filled stuff. And with that, I'm Justin. I'm Michelle. And I'm A.E. Thank and, you for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye! Don't, don't stop recording just yet. A few more words about Liliana for the Black Mages out there. Okay. She was definitely portrayed as a villain, and if people were angry at her, that was effective storytelling. But mm-hmm. it is still also true that she wasn't really even lying to Jace. She was giving him something. Uh, he was... In return, it's expected that she's, he's going to help her out with her demons, etc., etc. And I'd like to quote Marilyn Monroe when she said, Ooh. I've never fooled anyone. I've let people fool themselves. They didn't bother to find out who I was and what I was. Instead, they would invent a character for me. I wouldn't argue with them. They were obviously loving somebody I wasn't. So, end quote. So, yes, she is manipulating Jace. And she's giving him the, mo- the minimum of what he of uh, what she needs to do to manipulate him. So yes, she's being cruel, but I she is, she's being honest with him too. Well, the strictly speaking level. 
And uh, she isn't here for your approval, frankly. Uh, she has um, learned that she has to be her own best friend. And if that means playing Jace as the coolest savant he is, so be it. Yeah, I understand that. I completely empathize with that perspective. I, I certainly understand what it's like being a person so um, engrossed in trying to have control over yourself and, and you know the people around you that that's basically the attitude you gotta take. That doesn't give her license to treat other people like poop, um, but I understand why she does that. It, it's still really crappy though that Jace comes to her and is like, I really, really like you also, you like me, yes, no, it is please amazing. check here. <laughs> it is amazing to see the dysfunctional relationship from that side. So I'm glad we have that advantage. I think it's, I think it was foolish there was never really a relationship between Jason and, and, and Liliana. And I mean, there was. There's attraction there. I mean, I think that he admires her mm-hmm. for for being someone who gets shit done. Like she just does. She gets her. She d- takes care of business. And she may respect his power. Um, yeah. And the more he, it's possible the more he stands up to her, and the more he he exhibits power, the more she'll actually like him. But I think it's it's silly to believe that. To expect her or to demand her show affection for oh no for no no I don't think that that's correct yeah I I don't think that she owes him anything I I do think that she could have been kinder but she doesn't have to I think it's as ridiculous to say that Kylo Ren can definitely change I could change <laughs> in fact it's even more ridiculous because Kylo Ren is black red as we established and Liliana is just black yeah so uh, if you don't expect if if you can see how it'd be ridiculous to expect Kylo Ren to change. It's even more ridiculous to expect Liliana to change in so, uh, in so drastic a fashion. And uh, I still respect her very much as a character, if not a person. Remind yeah. me who Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren is is a person. He's from the Star Wars is, villain. Yeah. He's the emo, uh, emo Star guy. Wars villain. Oh, I wasn't here for that episode. Yeah, yeah no worries. Um, he's just really emo. He is the kind of guy who listens to lots of German metal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that Black does is allowed to feel love. I mean, we have Yeheni, um, who is an empath, who was an empath, and they were uh, very much involved and interested in the happiness of the people around them because it made them feel good too. I, I just think that Liliana represents a very traditional side of Black in terms of her perspective on the world, in terms of how she interacts with the world. Um, she's out for herself and herself only. And Yeheni, on the other hand, also a mono-black character, was very interested in the well-being of others. Um, and, and it could be that during this scene, Liliana was thinking over and over again, I almost died, almost died, almost died, and she's withdrawing into herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so again, mm-hmm. as I said, those who uh, prefer to see Liliana as the hero of this story, there's definitely an, a lot avenue to do that, but the fact that you did not, or that in this story she portrays a villain that's perfectly fair it's just good storytelling it's it's not necessarily that she's a villain it's just that she's antagonist just, she's not well she's just not like whoop de doo kind of lady i'm not certain how else to explain she's that. not an extrovert <laughs> is that <what> <laughs> she's she's not like chandra you know like she's not the kind of person who's going to explode with affection so her affection may be like not killing you or maybe saving your life so or, not or turning you into a zombie. zombie instead of like all the zombies. That's how she shows Gideon that she respects him. 
<laughs> well, so the, just to add a little a little frosting on this, like, what does Liliana do? She raises dead people mm-hmm. from the ground or from wherever they died mm-hmm. and enlists them in, in their service. So that's kind of a taboo, both in the magic world and both in other places, too. Like... That, so she automatically has that running against her, and she's going to have that run against her wherever she goes, unless all of a sudden necromancy is, you know, be, like is become, become widely accepted and, and tolerated through the multiverse. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but also, uh, so we have this, this cold, manipulative side of, of Liliana. I just wanted to share with you that she says very point blank to Jace before the illusion dissipates that we are not together, the woman in Violet added, but you don't have to leave just yet. So she's honest, you know, she's <laughs> yeah, being honest. And I just also wanted to take us back to where Razakaf, uh died mm-hmm. um, and how Liliana just was raising all sorts of monsters from she the, the river of crocodile. Blood. She became two dozen dead oh, crocodiles. Yes. Yes, it was did. awesome. And <laughs> she just devoured him and took such glee and satisfaction. She, she left that experience feeling so full. And <laughs> she slayed. Yeah. She slayed. And to me, like lover or hater, that's Liliana. Yeah, that, that is Liliana. Just seeing her character being so gleeful and effective, that that's great character building too. Yep. I, I think the part of the glee there is just the fact that she has reclaimed another part of herself. Yeah. Of her self control. Three down, one to go. She is three quarters of the way. To getting her own will and her own power back. And again, if she has to manipulate a few kids to do it, hmm. <laughs> and Jay, well, Jace pukes. Yeah. After seeing that, yeah, that's he, on him. He that's pukes. On him. He, he goes off into the bushes and he, he throws up. Yeah. So you know that's maybe why they can't be together. But, maybe. Uh, then perhaps not. Perhaps not. <laughs> Liliana and Jace can't be together because Liliana does not see Jace or other people as people. She, she values tools. She values her independence. That's what she's about. So she's yeah. staying true to herself and her character. Yep. All right. Is that it? <laughs> I said my piece, and I'm happy to say some more next week. Oh. Okay. All right. Awesome. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.